This is Paul Robinson. Welcome to Mark Glenn Moore, The Edge of Disclosure. This is season three of our episodes of Mark Glenn Moore's contact and interactions with uh, extraterrestrials and Pleiadians. Today we have the special honor of welcoming Stephen Bassett. Our new title is On the Edge of Disclosure, and Stephen Bassett is an expert at this subject. He's the executive director of Paradigm Research Group, PRG, founded in 1996 to end the government-imposed embargo on the truth behind extraterrestrial-related phenomena. He's spoken to audiences around the world about the implications of disclosure, the formal confirmation by heads of state of an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. He has given over 1,200 radio and television interviews, and his advocacy has been extensively covered by national and international media. He is indeed the first lobbyist for the UFO UAP field in Washington, D.C., and he's paid the price and walks the walk. This is part one of his interview. Enjoy. It's all good. So uh, this is Mark. Well, welcome. And uh, this is Paul Robinson, uh, mm-hmm. producer and musician. And we'll give you just a little bit of a background that we started this podcast uh, roughly two years ago. And it came out. And I asked Paul, who has worked with me on other musical projects and some other um, events as well. Let's do this subject matter. I wanted to talk about my personal experiences that started at a very early age and then invite guests on that have had experiences themselves or they're interested in the subject matter. Yeah, well, initially it wasn't that. Initially, what Mark came to me and said, I'm an experiencer. He's had many, uh, many encounters and he said he's that he was tasked. He was as a liaison for Pleiadians. They had told him to go tell his story. And they said, asked me if I was comfortable with that. And I said, sure, why not? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, both, both evolve as this goes on. Yeah, and at that point, I was ready to talk about it. He Most of my life, I've been hesitant to even bring the subject up. So right. he's been experiencing encounters since he's like five years old, okay. been, up, been up on ships, multiple races. Uh, That's and I've mean, talked stuff. a lot of contactees. That's what we'll call a more advanced story. Are you are you saying that you all your your work or career is music? Mine is. Yeah. Yours. Mine and, is. Uh, and Mark plays music also. I'm a musician as well. I'm working on my eighth uh, full album release, but I'm also uh, an entrepreneur, and um, you know started multiple businesses. I'm, I'm mostly uh, a businessman, but I have all my creative projects in parallel with everything else I'm doing. And you all are based, obviously, in what, the Bay Area? Yeah, Bay we're in Marin County, up north of San Francisco. All right. I, I have a lot of contacts up there. I've been up there many times. Okay. Intrigued. I'm, I'm, and it's intriguing to me how many podcasts exist that have been out there that I've never heard of. It, it's just so many. I read recently there yeah. may be as four million podcasts of one form or another operating at any Sorry. given time. Um we got your number from Dan Harari because we did his story and we've been working mainly with, ex- uh, we've been interviewing mainly experiencers, but also people in the mainstream trying to get disclosure and so on. Well, I'm, I have some questions I, and you can decide, well, we're recording right now, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. I have some obvious questions. One is you say Pleiadians. 
why do you say that? How do you know that they're Pleiadians? Is that what they told you? I first had a contact when I was five years old, uh, actually in the park near my house, uh, and it was a woman. And um, she, to make the story short, uh, said that she was from somewhere else. And she visited me maybe three or four times in the park over, I don't know, weeks or months. And then one day said, would you like to come up on the ship? I said, what ship? And she says, well, our, our starship. And they introduced themselves to me as um, light beings that, that came from the Palladian star cluster. So they said specifically that they are from that cluster, from that area. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's been heard of before. Now, you say light beings. So in, she, when, when she's interacting with you, she looks exactly like a human woman. Yes? Well, extremely... Uh, I, I call them the light beings because they, they are carbon-based entities, but they, they kind of glow. They kind of sparkle. There's light particles all around them. All right, so when you meet this woman, she has these light particles around her. Yes, but she was dressed in regular clothing when okay. we went up on the Clearly. ship. Clearly, she's not a typical human. I mean, in other words, humans don't have that. So she looks very human, but she has this extra aspect to her that is quite startling. And you are how old? Five. Okay. And now, is it fair to assume, or did you learn subsequently that it wasn't like this is the first time you'd met? That they might have been dealing with you in a in a contactee or abduction scenario prior to that that you or or you she just happened to approach you uh, do you know any history with them prior to that meeting my first memory was at five it was what? my first memory was at the age of five years old in the park in the park and subsequently they didn't indicate to you that they had been dealing with you even earlier than that they knew my spirit they they knew the level of my um spirit age Hmm. Um, so they they brought me uh, aboard and they showed me my past lives. Uh, they informed me it was my last lifetime and I had agreed prior to coming into this world that I would meet with them and I would work with them. So they had more extensive knowledge about me in a grander scheme of things than I did. And, okay. and subsequently, there were many trips aboard uh, the ships traveling to many different places throughout my childhood. Um, up to my teens, and then subsequently in my adult life, they've been very sporadic. They're they're rare events now. Okay, so now we just introduced reincarnation into this. So your interpretation of what they were saying about you and past lives was pretty much conforming with the concept of in reincarnation. Yes, it's a very uh, known reality for them and okay then what is it did they describe to you what reincarnates what is it that's moving from one life to another were they able to to, to, to convey that to you i mean for the 
lack of a better word than soul or the energy source or well uh, again again what did, you know yeah they, they may not maybe not just given a name but rather soul is just a name it's, it doesn't mean sure did they, yeah did they did they describe what is reincarnating what is moving from one life to the next uh my consciousness consciousness specifically my consciousness and experience through uh, different lifetimes some in physical body some without body uh, what do you mean by a lifetime without body? Well, there, and we're, we're supposed to interview you, but this is good. Uh, there, uh, there have been lifetimes in dimensions without body that I remember. And when I was brought aboard the ship as a five-year-old, five I was told I was going to be given an education. So an advanced kind of a look into... Um, how creation works and and what's behind it and you know and when on board the first thing i was introduced to as a five-year-old were these big large screens like huge ipads of course and this was in 1968 and uh, of course we didn't have that and on the screens my past lives were played before me like i was watching a movie and i could move them and I could go back and forth and I can look at different ones and I can see what happened in this and what did I learn? What, how did I fail? How did I succeed? Okay. And so very, very specific and um, very, very detailed. And, you know, I believe that why we as humans don't generally understand and remember our past lives is because when we come into this body, it's like it's like a new hard drive. Everything has to be downloaded or uploaded, and it's just a, it's it, it's a vehicle for information. And at the age of five, being played back all these lifetimes while I'm in my physical body, it downloaded into my brain. So I I remember them. Did you ask them why, in general, people do not remember? Well, I think that's the case. Is that it's very difficult to to bring them down into your body. Um. Unless you you're, you go into deep meditation, intuitive, you tap into the records. I mean, there's a, a lot of different ways that people uh, end up remembering their past lives. Um, some do easily and some don't. Some just absolutely do, don't believe it. Does everybody have past lives? I believe so. Okay. Did you ask them that? Specifically, ask them, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I specifically asked that question. I know well, I, I asked a lot, of, a lot of questions, of course, and uh, you know, it was a mind-boggling experience for a, a five-year-old. It was pretty otherworldly. Of course. And now he's he's still in contact. If you want to ask questions now. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm telepathically connected to these beings. It's that's an ongoing thing. I understand. So. Did you have did did they give you any reason why they are approaching you at five years old? Just that I had agreed that in this lifetime I would interact with them and uh, I would uh, receive this education. A prior agreement. Okay. Well, that explains it. Did uh, what does it mean that this is your last lifetime? That. I will not physically incarnate that my energy and my consciousness will go into um, other dimension. Um, I won't incarnate on a planet.
in a physical body. Okay, so when we've got reincarnation, now we've got multi-dimensional existences. You got the whole package here. It's, it's pretty, there's a lot to there's a lot of knowledge yeah, out there. You know, there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to know. Well, did you did you ask them uh, about? Well, you said that you've dealt with other entities. Okay, besides them. Okay, I think that was what I heard you say. That's what Paul, Paul mentioned that I've had experience with some other entities. Yes. Which ones? Which ones? Okay, there's. Um, I was taken aboard a ship, and, and all right, and let's start. Let's start with this because maybe this is a good place about the uh, your investigations and and your your work. It's disclosure. I had an experience where I was brought aboard a spaceship, and this was about eight years ago. The last time I was brought aboard a ship, and there were four different uh, species there. There were small grays. There were tall grays. There was another tall species, I don't know uh, who they were, and two humans in dressed in military uniform. Okay. The tall one could have been a tall white, perhaps? Was it very white, this tall entity that you don't know what it was? The, um, the, the whites weren't on that craft, no. And this, this was a, what I, I was there and interrogated, and my understanding is this was a U.S. military alliance with an alien race. So my experience from that tells me that we have been involved with our governments. Potentially true. So uh, uh, for, for quite a while. I want, you to, I want you to keep in mind, I've talked with scores and scores of contactees. Sure. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with it, whatever you say, but I, I do. And Paul and I have only spoken with now a handful. Yeah. So if you had an agreement to, to be contacted by them in this particular incarnation, your last one, why the military? Why are they showing up in this? Well, that's a good question. I was rescued from that experience. Um, rescued? I, I was rescued. I was, yeah, the, my, the Palladian, you can call them the Space Brothers of the Light people, um, they got me off that ship. Okay, so the, pe the, 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 the people or the entities that took you on that ship were not the Pleiadians? The, this no. The Greys? There were, there were small Greys, there were tall Greys, there was another uh, alien entity, I don't know what species. Um, and two humans on okay. this particular I'm talking events. about how you got there. In other words, you had to get on the ship. Who came and got you? Which which entities? Or do you have a remembrance of that? I was walking back from lunch in Sausalito, and it was about two o'clock p.m. And I have no memory until I'm in emergency hospital at two a.m. at Marinjo. When did so, you eventually reclaim the memory of that incident? It took over a month. I, I really actually, or did you get assistance? No, I've, I've not been in hypnotic regression. I just, I knew something had happened. I couldn't remember what happened. And it took, it, it was very difficult to bring those memories back. And then finally they started coming back to me, but I was okay. rescued from that experience, but it was, um, it was not a friendly experience.
did the yeah. Pleiadians who rescued you say why they rescued you? Why you needed to be rescued? Yeah, they protect me. They felt that the situation you're in was not a positive situation. Yeah, yeah, that was in danger. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with the Metro editor of the Los Angeles uh, Times, who in retirement uh, came forward and with several two books about his contact, where he was being brought on ships with multiple entities, and they were discussing the disclosure process. And I'm so not familiar with that. No. Let me see if I can get that for you right now. Hang on. Um, this may not be that difficult. One second. Let me just go here. And I'm going to go here. LA. Better. You, this is something you probably should check out. Oh, I'm sorry. Metro Editor UFO. There you go. Um, it is LA. LA Times. Yeah. Uh, Did you want to mention the interbreeding stuff? Oh no, not now. Uh oh boy. Well, it's not going to come up easy. Uh, I thought it would. We could look it up. So this it is not significant in Los thing. Angeles. He well, as a former editor, metro editor of the Los Angeles Times, he had a distinguished career. And so he um, he comes forward with a book after he's retired. I get I think it was after he retired, in which he talks about the fact that he had these complex experiences. Uh, I'm trying to get you back, and I can't find you. Where'd you all go? No, that's not it. Oh, it's here. There we go. It was a big deal, uh, and he was meeting several times with groups of entities on a ship. And I believe that possibly, well, I don't know for sure if any human military were there. And his name escapes me, but it was a big deal. And then this all happened prior to 9-11, uh, mm -hmm. about a year and a half. And so he publishes the second book, and then he contacts his, pub his uh, press agent and says that he, we've got to issue a press release, a major press release, and that is that... Uh, uh, they are going to do a disclosure event, right? The e an ET orchestrated disclosure event that he that he had been prepared for. Others had been prepared for. They were sort of like ambassadors in a sense, envoys. Yeah. And it's going to happen. And he actually told them to put that out, which of course, if it wasn't true, had the potential to cause him a great deal of pain and suffering. But nine one one happened, and he had to immediately turn around and call the the press agent and say no. Don't put it out because because of the 911 event, they are not going to go ahead. This mm. would have been 2001. Mm -hmm. um, I'll get the I'll send you by email this guy's name, the books, the two books he wrote. Uh, and I bring it up only because of this, you know, not that many contactees talk about being in groups in some sort of structured setting. They may be in a ship and there may be more than one kind of ET there, but it's simply they're being dealt with. But being there to interact with more than one is almost like a diplomatic uh, setting of sorts, right? Yeah, sure. And that's what struck me about that. Um, whoa, this is heavy stuff. Have you, 
have you considered writing a full account of this book form? Yeah, I've been trying to write this my whole life, actually. And um, I've uh, talked to Dan Harari about it. And so I'm, I'm moving forward to finishing it now. Boy, yeah. Um, yeah. You have to understand that the, 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 one of the effects of the truth embargo, where the government simply did not deny the fundamental reality, just left the whole issue open for everybody to simply fill in the blanks with whatever they wanted, make it up, fantasize, uh, or have reports that they you know, state that may be wrong, might be misinterpreted, or the real deal. Who knows? But it was one giant soup, one giant bowl of goulash, which was great, because as long as it's goulash, we're not going to be able to do much with the government in terms of getting them to, to, to stop lying. And that has served the truth embargo. And so all these kinds of amazing stories are embedded in there. But how does any reasonable person decide which one is valid and which one isn't? All right. Now, Corey Good finally came forward during a court uh, a case and acknowledged because he was trying to sue for rights, uh, rights, uh, content rights, that he made his entire secret space program shit up. All of it. Hmm. A lot of people bought into Corey Good big time. So you see the dilemma. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's you. I'm simply saying that you've got a story up in that level uh, and it opens up a lot of doors. Uh, reincarnation, multi-dimensions, and the very reality of multiple ETs. Uh, if if everything that you have said is true, you see the problem that we face in terms of disclosure. In other words, these kinds of things cannot be involved in the disclosure process. They cannot be on the discussion tables with members of Congress or even some of the high-end journalists, meaning, you know, by the way, about this and about that. I mean, they just they just flee. They, their mind explodes. Yeah, though so they, they need they need facts. They, they want facts. And well, true, but not and, everything and in proof. the world has facts associated yeah. with it, say, OK, uh, quantum physics. <laughs> everything we know about quantum physics is not based upon being able to become tiny, like like at the Planck length and, and look at shit. It's based on mathematics. Mm -hmm. And some experimentation without question that shows phenomena, but the actual reality of the small world is completely beyond our perception. Right. So it's also about legitimate testimony and a legitimate experience. So in terms of dealing with the disclosure process, all of that has been pushed aside. And the contactees have been asked to wait. And I've said this as much, though I honor them all the time and I respect them and I talk about it and they know that. But they can't be at the front of the line. They can't be the, the one of the line going, hey, we need to get the truth out because, you know, I've been meeting with E.T. since I was whatever. I can't do it. And so we're going down this fairly straightforward center path, uh, real, real phenomena, real tech um, and uh, an embargo on it by the government and the need for confirmation of their presence. Once that happens, the door is open. Right. It, One it, of those it, doors is, is confirmation, um, is, is, is multi-dimensions. One of those doors is reincarnation because it's come up with other contactees. Really? All right. And you can imagine what is going to spring from that. Yeah, right. right? The, the church. 
Uh, well, the church, well, actually, reincarnation actually is part of certain faiths. Right. Uh, uh, some not, but reincarnation won't be the most challenging thing because, frankly, reincarnation has been around for a while and it's been in play and discussed and edited. It's not unknown. Right. Multi dimensions is the one that is most concerning. Right. Why? The fact that I might or might not reincarnate doesn't give me much anxiety. The fact that there is another dimension that's actually habitable literally next to mine right and they can cross over anytime they fucking want, that is concerning. Yeah. And that is the one that has been I've been worried about the most. Thanks for listening. For more of On the Edge of Disclosure, go to markglenmore.com. This has been a Paul Robinson production. See you soon.